slow down, look carefully at the environment and let the environment show me the way and let Mother Nature show me the way. Because I was a bull. I've always been a bull, like going through walls, doors, <laughs> windows, <laughs> crashing into <laughs> and being like, oh, what happened? Like, <laughs> why didn't it work? And you're like, no, that it wasn't a door. It was a wall. And it just went through the wall. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. <laughs> Hi, welcome to An Unknown Adventure. I'm your host, Kimberly Ann, and I finally decided to jump off the 24-7 work hamster wheel to go after my dreams. I will be downsizing from my 750-square-foot mansion to a 60-square-foot van in the summer of 2021, and I started this podcast to share that process with you. I'm hoping that it will add value to your life. And the podcast, Kinda Like Life, is ever-evolving. The topics I will be covering are achieving your dreams, unconventional travel, and minimalism. In each episode, I'll either talk to you about my experiences or I'll interview someone else about one, two, or all three of these topics. So hang on to the roller coaster of life for your unknown adventure. All right, so today we're here with Karina, who is one of my best friends in the whole world, and I'm super excited to talk to her and interview her. Okay, Karina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm so happy to be here. I'm Karina from Argentina. I spent 29 years of my life in Argentina and the rest here, so I've been here for 22, and I met you probably five years ago at the Circus. And uh, I'm always amazed at all your projects, ideas, creativity. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm amazed at you and everything that you do. So <laughs> it's like the appreciation society over here. And it's really interesting because in the circus, like, you know, we we met kind of because I think we met when I hurt myself in trapeze and had to, or had to, chose to start handstand class and then was so in awe of you and how far that you had come since you started in handstands. So (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this is how I remember meeting you. (laughs) I'm on handstands looking upside down and I see this lady on the trapeze who's always talking, like always talking, <laughs> and then comes out and drinks something from a teacup and then goes up. And that was my view of you from upside down. And then I realized you were drinking mate. Who in the world drinks mate? Four tea bags in a mate. <laughs> so that's how we met, according to my version. That, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could. I, I remember that. That is true. We did. We did. Um, when I said, "What are you drinking?" and you're like, "Mate, four tea bags." <laughs> Mate, I'm like, no wonder she talks nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, 
that's awesome. And then and now you you bring me like you've you've brought me all these these mate gourds back and well they're they're actually officially called mates. And mate is not officially called mate. Mate is officially called sherva, which I learned from you. <laughs> the sherva mate, yes. That's one thing, you know, I don't know if we're gonna talk about minimalism, but that's one thing that I'm not minimalist about. I have more than my share of mates, more than what I need. So you already made me found one thing that I'm not a minimalist on. Yeah, but so so we will start with that because I was telling you how I was talking to some people yesterday and I was talking about your minimalism and how when I went into your apartment, I was like, where's the couch? <laughs> I never had a couch. Like, why do you need a couch for? <laughs> and that's what they said. That's exactly what, what they, they were like, where do you sit? And I said, on the floor. <laughs> that's where I'm sitting right now. I, I wish people could see it. I'm sitting on the floor. I know. <laughs> and the theory, my theory, is that it keeps your hips healthy. So I won't be spending, I don't need to spend the money on the couch and I don't need to spend money on uh, physical therapy or anything because my hips are healthy. I can, you know, squat and get up, squat and get up multiple times a day. That's true. And and can you tell people where you learned that? Because I know the oh. answer. <laughs> <laughs> When I got tired of technology and I moved to Thailand, that was my observation. And I found it incredible that in one room, the room in the morning could be your breakfast room and then you take everything out and then it's your massage room and then you do your business or they were selling stuff and then in, at night they would eat dinner and then it became the bedroom. So one, like everything was really tidy all they needed fit in that one room so when i came back i was like oh that's what i'm doing so i bought my organic cotton um, mats and that's where i slept on the floor and then you roll them up and then the room is ready to be whatever you wanted it to be (laughs) (laughs) i know i remember you showed me in your closet where you keep the mats (laughs) and everything goes in the closet like people think that i don't have a tv i do have a tv but it lives on the closet. And when I want to watch the TV, I take the TV out of the closet <laughs> and then I put it out. See, I didn't even know you had a TV. Yeah, yeah, she lives there in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and how big is she? No, no, not that big. There's not much difference between my computer and the TV anyway, but it makes me feel a little more normal. <laughs> And, and somebody was saying yesterday when I was sharing about you, they said, well, why does she have a two-bedroom if she... <laughs> In one, I sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, then I became a lot more westernized and, and I do have a bed now. And so I, I actually have three mattresses, one on top of the other. So that is the bedroom. And then this one is the empty room. I call this the... The delivery room, because I feel like when you have space and all the walls are white, I have room to create because anything is possible here. So I put white paper and I write down my, my ideas or I make it anything I want. And that's the beauty. I don't have to be moving things other than the plant. 
Right. And and will you share what what your <laughs> your circus teacher said to you yesterday? She's like, oh, wow, what a nice room. And I was like, what do you like about it? Because, like, there's nothing. I wish people could see. It's white, white. Uh, and she's like, well, there's nothing you can move other than the plant that is there in the corner, which I do move once in a while. Uh, but this room, I mean, this was my ex-husband's guest room. He would sleep here. And then when he moved out, it became my gardening so I was growing potatoes, tomatoes here, and I, it goes through phases. And that's the beauty. You can have multiple things uh, in your house that you didn't plan to. So you were growing potatoes and tomatoes in the room? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is Sanya's one. Did I tell you? You want me to tell you the potato growing? Oh, yeah. I was. I went to buy roses and they were sprouting. And I told the lady, look, this, they are sprouting. Do you think I can plant them? She says, yes, yes, plant them. Just cut a potato, put the rose in there and just plant everything. The roses dried out. I forgot I had put potatoes. A month afterwards, something was growing. And I had pots full of tiny potatoes that I could eat. So I planted roses and I harvested potatoes <laughs> in this room. Anything is possible. You see, anything is possible when there's room. <laughs> when there's empty space for creating. That's yeah, really, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I love about making space. I, I cannot live if I have things choking me. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that about you. And you know, I mean, right now, I'll, I'll show you after we finish recording. Like, you've probably already seen my closet, but it's not pretty. It's packed full of stuff. No, and my closet, uh, you know how my theory is, if I didn't, and I had this forever. It's not that I began one day saying, oh, I mean, my entire life I was like this. If I didn't use something for six months, I would give it away. Always. That was my theory. If I didn't use it, I didn't need it. For six months, that was my period of time. And I still have it so ingrained that now with COVID, I was like all the clothes that I was wearing to go to the office, my high heels that you know, it's like, oh my God. So I'm still not ready because I wasn't sure how much we were going to go back to normality. So I moved everything up. That way, I don't have it clogging my space. It kind of weighs on me if I have something that I don't use or I don't wear. Yeah, but I love you in those high heels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't ready. I think I checked with you on one of my cousins, and they're like, no, no, don't give it away, right? Because I was, I was about to give them away. And most of the time, I don't sell my things. I give them away. It gives me joy to... Um, sometimes the people return them after years. So, <laughs> so you get them back. <laughs> you get them back and you're like, how wonderful. Why did I give them back? Like, why did I give them to them on the first time? So, yeah, I don't remember if you had, I think you had a question about when I started. I don't remember. It was always there. That's cool. That's great. And are your, like, is your family, your, your sister and brothers, do they do that or no? No, they are just the my two brothers one collects even the newspapers so <laughs> everything everything just in case 
the other one, yeah, because he works at a farm, so you could use anything for something else. Uh, so he does always look for things and says, oh, this I could use it for something else. So he always repurposes things. Uh, my sister loves, my sister is one of the ones that says, oh, do you want this back? And then 10 years after I get something back and she takes really, really good care of the things. So if I go to my sister's, I, it's like I go to my museum. You know, <laughs> dishes, anything you can imagine that I gave her. She has it still. Wow, that's cool. She has things that I gave her when I was moving to the United States, and she still uses them. Wow, that's cool. Uh, that's yeah, great. So th that's how they are. It's not that we grew up with that in our family. It's just how you are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's neat. That's so cool, though. I love that. Yeah. And, okay, so can you talk a little bit about your traveling? Because... I am always in awe of how much you do and where you go and, yeah, all about that. <laughs> I know. My traveling. So my family would tell you they came up with this name that I suffer from geographical greed. <laughs> so that I really, wow. Because my travels, that's what I've been thinking. It's not that I, what changed in the last four years is that, I get a call to go to a place. I don't go to, well, it would be nice to go to Greece, for example, whatever. No, it's the deep calling from I need to go to South Africa and I have to be there on October 15. It's very specific. It's like I need to be there. And when I get those internal calls, I answer them. Because I wouldn't like to live like, oh, what would have happened if I had gone? No, no, no. I go and I see what happens. What changed is that instead of when I discovered when I travel by myself, I can get immersed into the culture and the society. When I was traveling with traveling companions or whatever, you're more into your own bubble and you don't get to mingle and absorb and I get absorbed at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I think that's totally true. So uh, that's what I've been discovering. My trips now are my trips. It's like it's something that I do as a spiritual practice. It's it's not that I go to a zoo to see something from you know the cages, or from your own cage you see something. I, I want to merge and mingle with them and do that alchemy where I share part of me and they share part of them and then we stay connected. You know how. Like, And then I ended up for the last two years visiting people instead of places. Mm -hmm. Then I go back to those places, but because I want to see the people. Right. And can you talk a little bit about that being South Africa? Yeah, South Africa is one. You know how sometimes you, you have this idea so I want to go there I want to go there and sometimes you go and you're like ah, this is not how I expected it like that happened with London just to say something uh Vancouver a lot of places where people were like oh you should go you should go and then you go and you're like eh. mm, yeah, Bar yeah Barcelona for me <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Barcelona exactly Barcelona my second time in Barcelona was a little bit better right after you were there but yeah. um for me, South Africa has always been like 
a calling. And I think by the fact that I was open, I needed to be there on October 15th, like literally October 15th, wow. uh, four years ago, I had to be there. And I was there and I met this uh, incredible guide who taught me about Ubuntu and their family and Upper Head and everything. And I met this wonderful family, mom and daughter, who adopted me. So then I get adopted. And then I go back and I visit my adopted families. And then since I'm there, that is the geographical grid, since I'm there, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop in Zimbabwe, in um, Uganda, in Rwanda. Everything to me is closed. Once that you, once that you get on the plane, everything is closed. Mm-hmm. It's close by, right? Yeah, um, it is, though. It actually is. It is. And then COVID made me think that I was kind of living a little bit way over. I mean, if everyone traveled as much as I was doing, we would need five planets. Yeah. So it wasn't something like I could be a lot more um, minimalist in the traveling. Right. Or yeah. conscious about, you know, 13 trips. I would take 13 planes. I mean, yeah. being on a plane wasn't a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. We have to remember the fossil fuel and what we're doing and how it's affecting the planet. Definitely. So I think how that is changing for me is that if I'm going to, I'm going to be more focused. I'm going, I'm going, but I'm going for longer. Longer than you've already, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you already go for like months at a time. <laughs> But here's the other concept. <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't sound normal, right? <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> we're always like yeah. we're always like, when's Karina coming back? I don't know. I think next year sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, most people I realized with COVID, most people were asking me. Where are you? The people in Argentina didn't know where I was. The people in Africa didn't know where I was. And the people here in Half Moon Bay didn't know where I was. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy. How can people not know that I live in Half Moon Bay? And then I realized, <laughs> they're like, which continent are you on? Yeah, because you're always traveling. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I haven't traveled for eight months. And it's kind of like, it's been nice not to travel outside of the, the state. Uh, but no, but the idea, so going back to that idea, I think I'll <laughs> go for longer and I'll do the mini lives again. I remember a couple of years ago, I was doing, I was better with the mini lives. So I do. Mini, mini life, mini Argentinian life, two to three months, I think it's, so then you minimize traveling because you're three months here, three months there maybe six months here in Harfun Bay or not, maybe six months in Africa. We'll see. And can you explain what mini lives means to you? Means living your life as if you were there in the new environment and, and not being there wishing you were, were somewhere else. So I fully, I'm in Argentina because it took me a long time to, to really understand that, that I'm in Argentina and I cannot expect silence. <laughs> from people <laughs> right? right like no why do I get upset when 
dogs bark and the neighbor blasts the music until 5 a.m. This is Argentina. Yeah. So if I go, I need to know what I'm going to be into and be willing to live in that. But I get a lot of love interaction with my nephews. I mean, I recharge my Argentinian batteries. And then I go to Africa and I cannot expect clean water where I go. <laughs> right. Like, no, no, don't expect it. Yeah. Or not a dirt floor. They're like, talk about sofa. Who has a sofa there? Like, <laughs> has a sofa. <laughs> right. Well, not where you go. Not where I go, exactly. And, not where I choose to go. Yeah. And can you touch on that? So after doing South Africa, then I think it's a good first step for anyone willing to go to Africa for the first time because it is a country that is, you know, depending on where you, and you always have, as a, single woman traveling, be careful where you go and, and take things into account. And then I went into Tanzania, to Zanzibar, I should say. And from Zanzibar, I discovered this very tiny island where they adopted me, honestly. So it's a very beautiful community of black Muslims. So that's, that's where I go. And I cannot expect Wi-Fi, electricity. The water comes from rainwater, so we wash with that. But it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful. We are in nature. There's no cars. There's no roads. Uh, there's no noises. There's one plane a day that comes into another island. So you live, I cannot expect internet to work, right? So that is where you switch onto the mini life. And then you live in that mini life that feeds other parts of you and then you come back with that and you cross-pollinate other realities yes yeah because you bring when you come back you always bring africa back and you yes. always <laughs> i mean you you know and the knowledge and what you've learned and it it like in a teaching way yeah yeah they teach me and then i bring that back here for people who probably would be maybe scared to go. Like I was talking to a girlfriend about the risks of traveling as a single woman. And she comes here, she goes camping here in California, Yosemite, whatever. And I was like, that's risky to go by yourself. And she's like, you go to Uganda by yourself. How can you, like, how can Uganda be? I'm like, I feel safe. So you know how you need to know where you feel safe and comfortable. To me, I wouldn't go camping alone in California, honestly. But I do go on trips to Rwanda and I do my research and everything. And I always trust that Mother Nature is going to bring me the best people to help me with my journey. Right. Yes. Or at least a learning experience. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <I know>. yes. <laughs> he who shall not be named. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, I have a picture. And that's what actually how we became closer friends when you literally saved my life. Literally. So this should be on the record. Aww, when I you. found myself not being that smart in South Africa, <laughs> surrounded by people in a like life threatening situation and you came out of the blue asking me, how, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. Not really well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature sends sometimes life experiences. That, yeah. Yeah, and you learned a lot from that, too. 
you know, that was a, oh, mean, yeah. in oh, the yeah, end, yeah, yeah, yeah. was a good situation to learn from, not a good situation to be in, but yeah. And yeah. can you, can you tell about how you bring the circus to the small island in South Africa? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I exercise, I do yoga, I am always moving or I'm always dancing. Dancing is not something that I would do by myself alone in the beach when like there's no one there. I'm the only white person in the entire island for weeks at a time. So I'm careful, but I do my yoga practice and they may have seen me. I don't know how, you know, I wasn't aware that I was being watched probably, but the word got out to another island. So that's how I met these four kids. I call them kids. They've been grown up already. Some One of them is 18 already, but they, and they're natural. They're natural at uh, flipping and carwheeling and doing all their, like super, super talented. So I think they understood my yoga as circus stuff because I would have never started teaching them anything, but they wanted, they're so hungry for, for input, for ways to learn. These, these four kids that are like my family, they taught me so much about their willingness to, to get out of poverty. This is a society that lives in less, less, less than $1 a day. No electricity, no running water, as I was saying. They live from fishing and farming. And they, the kids are eager to study. So whatever I could teach them. And then I was like, oh, well, I know a few little tricks. And so I started showing them. I'm by no means I'm pretending to be the circus teacher. It was more like, let me show you what I do. And if it serves you, do those exercises. So I wrote little piece of papers, like, you know, a little piece, whatever I had that I could write on with exercises. Do, do this, do this, do that. And six months later, I would go and they would still have the piece of paper, all like water everywhere. You could barely read what I wrote down, but they were still, still to this day, four years after they do the exercises. Wow. As if they were like, look, I remember this. I remember that. So it wasn't planned. Right. It was, um, again, Mother Nature bringing them, bringing us together because what they taught me is more than what I show them. But, and they like, they were making handstand benches. Like we were looking for a handstand bench to buy here and it was like $500. And then they like made one and they sent you a photo. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, um, the, that is, well, uh, thank you for asking about that. I wanted to test how trustworthy they were in a way. Not in a bad way. I know it sounds bad, but it was a way of, let me see if I give you something, if you can, if you will take care of it. Oh. Because the culture is, oh, I'll reuse it. I'll resell it. They they have so much need. They're 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 hungry. They're hungry. So I would do the same. If you give me something, I would probably sell it to eat right. and to feed my family. Yeah. So I went with a picture of the benches that we had at the circus that you and I were like, oh, it's $400 <laughs> for that. Like, ah, no, I'm not doing that. I went with that to a carpenter in the island, 8 a.m., 6 p.m., the two benches were ready and I think I paid $40 total, oh which for God. them was like, 
oh my God, it's like a robbery too much. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So they had it done in like eight hours. Yeah. A little more than eight hours. And then I gave it to one of the kids who's the most talented, the one that like he could sleep on the handstands, right? You know, (laughs) Makame. Yes, um, I've seen pictures. And Makame, two weeks ago, sent me a video of him training on the bench. So it's been two years. Wow. It rains, it pours, like incredible rain. And the benches survived. So to me, it was... And he's doing, you know, one hands. He does all those things on the benches. And it was more like he he is taking care of that. And so from that, you can bring computers and they will take care of that. And because that part of was what I was trying to do is here in the community, people would donate things for me to bring to the island. And I needed to know if those things were going to be sold or if they were going to be used you know as they were needed yeah exactly and and you had like your I don't know was this job or your last job was matching the amount of money you were bringing yeah this job this job yeah this job yes and even so my neighbor gave me a computer um gave me a camera to film because one of the kids wanted to be a filmmaker and they don't have the resources but I know that they would do they would make a good use of whatever you give them. Right. Right. That reminds me, I actually have an old computer I should give you for them. But it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't have a lot of memory, so you can't put a lot of stuff on it. But, you know. Well, they have never. I brought the first computer, and they had never seen a computer in their lives. Wow. I saw their faces looking at the computer. In no time, they were learning. And it didn't have a lot, my neighbors, it was my neighbors. It didn't have a lot of memory either, but they were doing whatever the, the little things that the computer allowed, they were doing without me teaching them anything. Wow. Or anyone. Um, That's cool. They're very resourceful. They're very, very, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. And they just don't have the... The access to education. And once that you reach a level, it is so expensive to continue then you just cannot you stay there yeah yeah and and the other thing that i remember i we talked about a little bit is the way that the women are treated yes yes and that is something that i actually prayed this morning at the ocean for all the women that whose voices cannot be heard for whatever reason right religious or domestic violence or whatever all those women that don't have the freedom that we have of talking expressing our needs they're beautiful women they um they're gorgeous like beautiful beautiful souls but afraid of speaking so when they speak they speak very like in a very very soft voice you can barely hear them so part of when i go it's like telling them it's okay to voice it's okay to like speak out like loud and we are learning just like that when I go I always ask them if because they invite me to teach (laughs) you're gonna you can laugh all you want at this they invite me to teach English with my accent (laughs) 
That's great. I love that it. Is, that is the, that is something they ask me. The yoga and circus happened, but the English, can you come teach English? And I was like, me? English? Me? With my accent? Who's going to understand anything? And so I, I went to the school and I asked, I want women here. I want women students. I want female students. And so I sat with the female students and the male students and because everything is separated. You sit in different parts. And yes, it is it's hard, but it's the way I I want to respect their traditions. Right. Right. Um, so I have to be careful. Like, you know, I love dancing. So I have to be careful if I'm dancing, if I play music, if I. Yeah. As in any place, you need to be respectful. Of right. Of their the, traditions and customs. Their traditions. Yes. Yeah. And I remember when I saw that picture of you with the three gorgeous women and I was like, why do they look so angry? And you said, no, they're not angry. They're afraid. Yes. They asked me to have that picture taken. They wanted, they were following me. They Aww. were, I, they were following me, following me. And before I was getting on the boat, they asked me, they asked the boys if they could take a picture with me. And yeah, I told you, I think my brother said, Oh my God, they're beauties. They're like absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. But they are, I don't know, they're not allowed to smile if you slept. I, I got to see a different life. When you see them free, when you see women all by themselves, what a joy. We were dancing on the beach. We were all women, one boy, one little boy. Um, and I would never forget that. I called the, the girl the wild girl this wild girl doing cartwheels on the beach uh, jumping on top of me um on my shoulders like totally free dancing doing drumming incredible but we were all women right right otherwise so, it wouldn't be allowed right they're not allowed but i don't feel that i have all the answers to say yes that's right that's wrong I don't know what would have happened if I was, I cannot go and say, change everything because it is, no. it is not my role. What I bring them is whatever resources all my beautiful friends give me to bring in there and um, help them get better jobs, help them with education, English, dictionaries, whatever, so they can get better jobs and then sustain their families. Right. Yeah. And that's got to be hard. Just saying, you know, this is, like you said, this is not my role. This is my role. This is what I can do. Because if you, if you go in and you try to change things and you try to take over, then you're not going to be welcome. And, and I never had that feeling. I went more because the place was calling me again. Like I needed to be there. And that place, while I was, I got laid off like a few weeks before I got to that place. So that place gave me that comfort when I needed it the most. So I feel like I need to just return the love that I received from them without them knowing that they were giving me so much when I needed it. Mm, that's beautiful. Aww. <laughs> and, and how did you end up there on that island? Ah, all the people are like, but how did you end up there? <laughs> so here's the thing. All my friends who always knew me, they said I had to live in three places. Vancouver, 
Barcelona and Zanzibar. I went to Barcelona first. I was like, mm, not for me. I went to Vancouver, mm, not for me. I went to Zanzibar and I went like, huh, this is not, Zanzibar is a group of islands and I went to the most touristy one first, like you would normally do. Right. And I was like, this is not the real thing. So the next year I was like, I need to find the real Zanzibar. I need to find the real. So I did more research and I found this island Pemba. And I pay attention to how things look at you when you open, you're surfing the internet and things call you out. And I found this place that was in a tiny island. And it was just like, I need to go to that place. I saw a picture and I was like, that is the place that I had seen in my meditations, that that was the place. And then when I got there on the boat and I was like, oh my God, this is the place, this is the place. And I just kept going. But initially was looking for, paying attention to what my friends said. Mm. These are the places where I think you would like it. I pay attention to the things. Yeah, that's cool. That's really interesting. I have I have this dream, a recurring dream. I have a lot of recurring travel dreams where I'm somewhere that I don't know and I've never been, but I know that it's like a familiar place and I feel at home there. And there's one place that I dream about a lot that I always thought was Copenhagen. Really? But, oh, wow. But it might not be. And, you know, getting ready to maybe move to Portugal or explore Portugal. And I was looking at all the different towns and Porto looks a lot like the place in my dream. I don't know if it is, but, you know, just stuff like that where you're like, okay, there's this sign, I should move toward it or explore it or look at it or I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's what I always have the rule of three. If three people tell me I've got to do it. If three people tell me about oh, this movie, I've got to watch it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how you that's how you saw when I I recommended Solo. What was the one with the climber? Uh, oh, Octo, my octopus teacher. You also recommended. Yeah. Um, but the solo climber. What was that called? Shoot. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. I know which one you mean. Yeah. And then recently happened with um, Kiss the Ground. Oh, I don't know that one. I thought you had. Well, no. my neighbor, my yoga teacher and somebody else said Kiss the Ground is your movie. And I watched it on Saturday. So Kiss the Ground, everyone should watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I'll do Kiss the Ground. I'll watch Kiss the Ground next. I'm supposed to watch a Batman movie and I'm just not really that into it, even though I like action movies. I'm like, eh. Kiss the Ground, we have Half Moon Bay feature that I didn't know. Oh. Uh, San Francisco. So, oh. yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. You know, I've got my circus class soon. So, um, <laughs> so like, I'd rather talk to you. I don't want to go. So, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what are your plan? What are your future plans? I know, you know, it's hard to say with COVID, but, and you touched on it a little bit. Yeah, future plans. This is what it's been surfacing in the last few days. You know how we are, like we are always morphing and changing and three months from now I would be a different person anyway. But currently my thinking is probably one trip to Africa next year just because I have a full of things. I want to see the kids very focused. And then uh, 2022, all 2022 Probably May 1st. Actually, no, this is the announcement. It's 
Let's make it official. <laughs> okay. May 1st, 2022, I take a sabbatical or I quit or whatever, or I retire or something. And I'm going for a year and maybe 14 months to Africa. Very focused. Well, are you going to go to, to the same island or are you going to tour around? I probably have like home base in South Africa. So I have my girlfriends. Um, and then from there, I would do, I'm going to Senegal, the Gambia, Gabon. But what COVID made me think is what are the places that I don't want to die without visiting? So it became very clear. I need to do Senegal, Gambia, the Gambia and Gabon. And since I'm there, it will be Namibia and Botswana. <laughs> because I'm there, right? Like coming down. If I could get a visa for Angola, I would also do Angola. So I would just do the um, West Coast that I haven't done. But no more, no further north from, you know, Dakar or St. Louis in Senegal. And then obviously the island several months. Because I know, I, I want to live there. I want to live and uh, teach mathematics and English, probably. English, whatever. Well, it's not like you don't know English. <laughs> you know, come on. And you had to learn English. So I think that people that had to learn English, that it's a second language, are better teachers. At least we can have conversations and make them think in English, that their brains start thinking in English a little more. They speak, you know, British English, so they're more proper than us in that right. sense. Right, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's great. That's it. May 1st, 2022nd. We are off. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Well, maybe, you know, then, then I'll, then I'll make a declaration that, you know, I was planning to move in June or July of 2022 to Europe. Although, are you? yeah, but it kind of depends on the election. So I'm either going <laughs> to Oh, yeah. Well, the maybe, result. you know, maybe December <laughs> 1st or maybe December 10th, I'm off here. Who knows? Yeah. Well, Freedom says I can't actually leave until the summer of 2022. So I'm, uh, freedom, I'm bla- freedom says. Freedom says. Freedom <laughs> That's all right. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. Freedom <laughs> says mm, March 2022nd till like I have a whole 14 months. So right, um, right, all right. Freedom is our astrologer. <laughs> that we <laughs> that we should re- we should recommend to everybody. everybody yeah, yeah, it. he's amazing. But the weird thing is that I started seeing him without knowing that he was your astrologer, even though we were really good friends. And then we were out to lunch one day after circus after a circus class. And I, we were talking about, oh, I had my astrology session, da, 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 da. And, and, and I was like, well, my astrologer said, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, my astrologer said, blah, 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 blah. And we no, went you, back. You're like, this, this is for you. <laughs> my astrologer is a Vedic astrologer. And I was like, yeah, mine too. <laughs> No, mine is really good. You were like, yeah. mine too. Well, yeah. They're yeah. the same person. Yeah, we, 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 we did go back and forth for some time before before one of us, I was probably you, was like, what is the name? Of <laughs> it was like two little girls saying, no, my 
Barbie is more beautiful. <laughs> totally was. It totally was. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, that's so awesome. Fun. So I can't move I until. Yeah, go ahead. You cannot move until. Well, mine yes. is official. Eh? I'm glad that we are launching this idea in your podcast, May. First, 2022. 2022, yes. And and Freedom did tell me it has to be the summer of 2022. So I'm saying June, July, but I have to talk to him again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I You know, my idea was that if, you know, uh, so-and-so steals the election again, that I would stay and drive around, or I would leave early, or I would leave then. And then if so-and-so doesn't steal the election, then I will maybe drive around the U.S. for two years in my van. So I don't know. I Yeah, I, I think you'll get to, I'm being positive, I think you're going to get to travel the U.S. and then go. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, you know, but I really do want to be in Europe, so... <laughs> And maybe ship it there. I don't know. Whatever. That's what I love about our friendship because that's something I would never do. Go to you, you live in Europe. We are so different wow. in some aspects. Yeah, and and we still have so much in common. And I didn't know that. That is interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's I, I a could little see. Crowded it. for me. Yeah, yeah, it is crowded. That's true. But you'll come visit me. I will, and you'll come visit me in Africa. I will. <laughs> I will. I've never been to Africa. So, okay. So can you tell me if you were looking back at your 10-year-old self, what advice would you give you then? Now for then. Then for now. Oh, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> what advice I would give my 10-year-old self when I was 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. But now, like your grown-up self now advice for when you were 10 slow down look carefully at the environment and let the environment show me the way and let mother nature show me the way because i was a bull i've always been a bull like going through walls doors <laughs> windows <laughs> crashing into <laughs> and being like oh what happened like <laughs> why did it not work and you're like no that it wasn't a door it was a wall and it just went through the wall <laughs> that's why we get along so well <laughs> so slow down look at the environment there's a wall there's a window there's a door look for the cracks where you can squeeze yourself in but don't go through walls because i wasted so much energy fighting for things that i could have used my energy better yeah yeah that's good advice yeah. And I think I can still use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I feel like in a way it really helps you because you're committed and you're motivated and you don't take no for an answer. And, you know, you, you like you push ahead and you do things and you accomplish things that I think other people would have given up on. Yeah. It's just that I would be a little wiser, you know, when you're like all, all scratched and you just went through the wall and you're like, ah, you're destroyed. And I think I could be wiser. But that comes with age, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can all be wiser. You know, there's always room for that, right? Hopefully we will be someday. <laughs> 
Well, thank you, Karina. Uh, this has I, been I amazing. Love you so much. I thank love you. Oh, <laughs> thank you for being on. I don't want to. I don't want to end. It's like four oh four, and I just know search must like. I'm like, oh well, maybe if we talk a little bit longer, I won't have to do my sit ups. <laughs> <laughs> bad i'm so bad no no, no you know how the teachers are you're gonna have to do double so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right well i love you thank you sweetie you. okay i just want to do a little check-in about floor sitting and karina and how much she inspires me all the time after the interview with her. I have some pretty severe issues, body issues from doing circus for the last 10 years. Before that, when I was much younger, I was a gymnast for many, many years. And I've always been quite active and physical with extreme sports. So I did rock climbing, indoor rock climbing, and then When I got into circus 10 years ago, I basically never looked back. But that said, I often or periodically hurt myself. Now, when I first got into circus, I had a herniated disc, L5-S1, and that happened from a Qigong exercise, which is absolutely ridiculous and pretty funny that Qigong could hurt my back, but it did. I did the exercise wrong, and I hurt my back. And circus or hanging upside down on the trapeze is what actually cured, quote unquote, or saved my back. And, you know, every now and then it goes out. And before I started doing circus, it went out all the time. Like it would um, spasm and I would be on the ground for three or four days or in bed for three or four days and not even be able to move or go to the bathroom. It was really, really bad. And when I started circus in 2010, it stopped spasming. Now, I've hurt myself uh, numerous other times in circus. I won't go into all the things that have happened. But overall, it's been amazing for my body. And all of the injuries were either me not doing the right thing or me letting a teacher push me too hard or something like that. But most of the time, I can say like 90% of the time, and I feel great, and it's because of circus. And another thing that happened about 10 years ago was I had sciatica. I started getting sciatica when I went back to Chinese medicine school and was getting my master's degree, and I basically sat, this was 15 years ago, and I sat and uh, studied for hours and hours on just a terrible surface. And anyway, I ended up getting sciatica that ran down both my legs. And I have had that 24-7 for the past 15, about, about 15 years. And it's, you know, there's times when it gets pretty bad. Well, after lockdown with COVID, I started taking some contortion classes with uh, some of the circus teachers at my circus school on Zoom, and after the first class, my sciatica disappeared. And if I skip a week, my sciatica comes back. Now, I'm not a contortionist. I am nowhere near ever being a contortionist. I'm in my mid-50s. I will never be a contortionist, but... 
My stretching has gotten significantly better. I've almost achieved my splits, my side splits. And as long as I do it regularly, my sciatica is completely gone. So I just can't say enough for using your body. Now, Karina has always encouraged me to think outside of the norm, think outside of the box, and do different things and try different things. So yesterday, or last week, actually, last Saturday, I was walking into circus school and I was taking going to take a trapeze lesson for the first time since March. And I had a trapeze private and I was carrying my trapeze on my back in a really cool backpack that I bought in Berlin, but it's not a backpack to be carrying anything heavy. And on my way in, I park about a half a mile away because, you know, it's in San Francisco and it's hard to find parking and all that. So on my way in, I threw out my back. And, you know, long story short, I couldn't take the lesson. And I've been in uh, not excruciating pain at all, but pain ever since. And I had to take the week off of exercising, although another aside is I recently started running maybe like a month ago, and I did run the other day, two days ago, after four days of doing nothing, and that felt really, really great. And for the first time, actually, since I started running, I liked it, and I got that runner's high that people speak about, and I have run off and on for years and years and years, and I've never experienced that before. So just, you know, an aside to let you know it's never too late to experience that and to enjoy something that I never thought I could enjoy. And I do it for the dog more than myself, but of course I do it for myself too. Yesterday I was at my day job and it's a lot of standing and my low back started hurting and I thought about Karina and what she had said in this interview and I thought, you know, why don't I just start squatting and sitting against the wall and trying to sit on the floor and trying to get my hips moving and my back moving and I started looking on YouTube for videos about floor sitting And I found a lot of really interesting videos. I'll link to them in the show notes. And a lot of really interesting people that are doing amazing things. I found the hashtag, No Furniture House, which reminded me of Karina, of course. And so I started experimenting with it. Last night I came home and I sat on the floor and ate dinner and sat on the floor and watched a little bit of TV, not much. Then I went into the other room, my bedroom, and I stretched on the floor. I did some really specific back stretches, and then I went to sleep. And this morning, I woke up, and my back does not hurt. As a matter of fact, it feels really good. There's some soreness, but it's that kind of soreness that's like, oh, that feels really good. I don't know if you've experienced that. I hope you have, but it's the kind of soreness I get when I work out really hard the next day and the day after. It feels really, really good. Like I did something my body just loved and craved. So I have been having a bit of an issue about my couch. And it's funny, you know, talking to Karina about the couch and the couch issues and the you know, pluses and minuses of having a couch. And so my whole thing is that I bought my very first couch about two years ago and I spent a lot of money. I did a lot of research. So I found a couch that was made locally in California with no chemicals. And I really wanted to support the company and I really wanted to, you know, keep it local and I'm really anti-chemical. 
So I ended up buying this couch. It was really, really expensive, several thousand dollars. And I was really proud of myself because, you know, I'm in my, like I said, I'm in my 50s. And I was like, this is my first grown up big girl couch. And I finally, you know, it, it was just my, I felt like I had finally made it because my family is very um, conservative in one way and I grew up in, you know, not like overly materialistic, but you know, with the regular things that Americans grow up with. And so in my mind, a couch meant I had arrived and buying my own couch meant I was finally a grown up. And I know this is all subjective, but this is what this is what happened for me. So anyway, I ended up, I love the couch. It was, you know, I picked my color and my style and this and that. And it's been a little bit of an issue for me because when I move into the van, I've been wondering what I'm going to do with the couch. So I didn't want to necessarily sell the couch because, you know, I spent so much money on it and it's my first big girl couch and it makes me feel like an adult and this and that. And so I had decided I was going to get a storage unit specifically for the couch, which is kind of ridiculous. And, you know, a storage unit for one year is only really a third of the price of the couch. But I don't know how long I'm going to be traveling. And I might actually end up getting a storage unit for the couch for a several months to make sure that I even like the lifestyle of living in a van. But maybe it doesn't matter. Because I have been sitting on the floor now for not quite 24 hours and I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. My hips feel great. My back feels great. I'm getting more done than I've gotten done in a long time. I do have a standing desk and so I'm moving in between that and sitting on the floor and changing positions and doing laundry and writing and doing this podcast and all sorts of things. But I just am loving it and I have been watching, like I said, a bunch of furniture-free home uh, YouTube videos that I said, you know, as I said, I will link to, but it's just been really inspirational. And why not try it? That's my feeling right now. Why not try it? I'm not giving away the couch right this second. I'm going to keep the couch for now, but I'm going to practice sitting on the floor as much as possible, and I will report back. And it's all because of Karina and how much she motivates me, and her beautiful spirit, and her joie de vivre, her love of life, and her commitment to her body, and herself, and health, and just, yeah, all those good things. So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts is also highly appreciated. You can find me and more information about AUA on anunknownadventure.com. I do try to leave extensive show notes, including links to everything we talked about today. But if you have any questions or just want to say hi, please do reach out to me on Instagram or my website. And my Instagram is also anunknownadventure. Your adventure awaits, and I'll be looking for you on your personal road of dreams.